Modern Animism Radio. I'm your host, Laura Giles. And you know, we spend a lot of time cultivating relationships with nature, doing rituals, tuning into the seasons and the moon. There's a lot of work that goes into being a good animist. But you know what's at the root of all of that? It's love. If you're not cultivating a love garden, anything that you create on top of that won't be all that juicy. So I want to get into that just after we give thanks and acknowledge our first ancestors, the elements. I acknowledge and thank the element of earth for our beautiful home, our bodies, and all the physical things that create a reality and give us sensuous pleasures and feedback. I acknowledge and thank the element of air for helping me to remember my uh, intangible essence, flow with ideas, and communicate. I acknowledge and thank the element of fire for giving us the power to destroy and cleanse as well as do things. And I acknowledge the element of water and thank you for reminding us to go with the flow instead of pushing against it. I acknowledge and thank our loving, helping ancestors from the human, plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms. I thank you for all the help that we receive, that we see and don't see. And I ask that you keep that going so that we can have useful lives of service. A big thank you to our listeners and supporters for tuning in as well. Thank you for your comments and questions. If you want to join us online, you could see us in our private Facebook group or Twitter. And, of course, if you benefit from the program and would like to donate, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com backslash pansociety. Thank you in advance. So the things that we don't talk about are things we take for granted, like breathing. We don't have to talk about it because we do it without thinking. I take for granted that I'm breathing. We'll keep on breathing, and you are too. And this can sometimes lead to misunderstanding for outsiders who don't have the same mindset or reality. For example, you don't hear me really talk about love. I take it for granted as an animist that it's the force that underlies everything. It's the glue that holds it all together. And love isn't something out there that we find or create. It's the essence of everything. All we have to do is let ourselves be as we are, and it oozes out of every pore. And yet if we look around us, we see evidence that that's not true. So how are you supposed to believe me? I get that. And to that I say, we have intergenerational fears that interfere with our ability to be natural, and our cultural conditioning overrides our nature. For example, go outside early in the morning and listen. You hear the birds singing. Now, some of their songs are for mating and things like that, but some of them are just about the joy of singing. That's a pure expression of being and of love. It doesn't matter if the birds are just chased by a cat, if it's hungry or whatever, it sings. When you're meditating and remove all the junk from your thoughts and the busyness, what happens? Stillness, right? Quiet, yeah? And what else? This really yummy, good feeling, right? That's love. We stack all this garbage in the way and don't let ourselves feel it. We get worried or move into a place of fear, and if we live there, we can forget what reality looks like. But it's always there. All we have to do is remember and move the junk out of the way. When we have parents who are forgotten, they may have conditioned us to see something else as love. For example, parents who yell at us or who are harsh and say, I'm doing this because I love you can teach us that love comes with judgment, criticism, or pain. If we have a partner who cheats on us, we might learn that love comes with betrayal, and so we look for partners who are not trustworthy because that's what we learned. Or if we have codependent parents, or another way of saying that is people who don't have good boundaries, 
or don't have a sense of sovereignty and connection. They can teach us that love means taking care of others, doing their work for them, and being a martyr. Or maybe we expect someone else to take care of us. And those are just shadows. That's not love. Jealousy and possession also masquerade as love. And those are signs of insecurity or fear that love will go away. And love can't go away because it's not given to you by someone else. It's not something outside of you. It's just in you. It is you. What other people bring to us is the mirror to shine it back so that we remember. So they bring it out of us. And let's look at this for a moment. You know at Valentine's Day, we see all these candies and things that say be mine. That's possession. On a holiday that's supposed to be about romance and love, that's negative programming, y'all. That's toxic patriarchy. And I don't say this as a feminine, but look at this. Feminist. But look at this. <laughs> so back in the day, the male role model was provider and protector. The female role is nurturer and caregiver, and this works. It takes over a year to wean a child and a couple of years before a child can walk, talk, feed itself, and go to the bathroom on its own and all of that, right? Okay, so what happens if mom has to take care of that child and herself? There's not enough hours in the day to do all that and gather the resources to survive for herself and the baby. So a household needs that provider and protector if humans are to evolve as a species. But something happened along the way. It takes trust and mutual respect for that dynamic to happen or else the mom's going to be vulnerable and powerless. And that's exactly what happened. In ancient Rome and also in uh, Abrahamic cultures, women and children became the property of men. So men could actually kill their wives and children without any persecution. That It was a right that they were property. That's the whole idea of be mine. So don't be mine. <laughs> be sovereign. And when you love someone, it's not about ownership. It's about belonging. And you belong out of choice not out of possession. You belong as equals. Love is a state of being. That's why we say we're in love. We're in a state of love. When we say, I am in love with you, we mean with you, I feel the love within me flowing. That's not very romantic, though, is it? <laughs> the way that, yeah. <laughs> so if I think, um, I think if you think of it that way, you see that love is a choice. There are things that help us to see it and feel it, and there are things that make it harder to feel, but it's always inside. When I hear people talk about their soulmates, they always say the same types of things. They either say that their soulmate is someone who, with whom they can be their silliest self or their true self, or they are something that inspires them to be their best self, or the soulmate is the one that they feel most alive with or most whole with, something like that. But your soulmate doesn't give you this love. Love doesn't happen because of them. The soulmate just makes you comfortable enough to be in your natural loving state so that it flows easily. When we're busy and distracted, it doesn't flow so easily. When we feel judged, threatened, or hurt, it doesn't flow all that easily. When we struggle to connect with people because they're different, because they're not communicating well, or they're hostile, or whatever, uh, we have a hard time letting love flow. We have this programming that we can only be loving or lovely if someone deserves it, if it's returned and the other person's nice, or if it's safe. And that's total BS. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, 
And he said that he liked going to the woods and waiting until the creatures forgot he was there and then letting the peace run over him. So the creatures of the forest are almost always in a natural state of love. We all have this energy field, and the law of resonance says that when two energy bodies come into close proximity, the stronger one will bring the weaker one up or down until they vibrate at the same rate. So what he was saying, or how I perceived what he was saying, is that he came into the woods in a disturbed state, and he sat there, and he began to resonate with the love that was all around him. Simple, right? That's what I'm talking about. It's always available to everyone. It's not outside of us. It's inside of us. And all we have to do is let it flow. Now, this is really easy to see in nature because it's always flowing. Don't you sit out under the stars and once you get still, you just get this amazing sense of awe, right? Or by the seashore or watching the sunrise. It oozes with love. It's just being who it is. And it's so amazingly beautiful. It's breathtaking. And it's hard not to notice. You got to be really distracted or really somewhere else not to notice. Even things like storms or watching a hawk zoom in to kill a chicken or a mouse or something, it's also elegantly beautiful and lovely. And that word, I love that word, lovely. The dictionary definition is delightful, highly pleasing, or having beauty that appeals to the heart or mind as well as the eye. But I think that's too small a vision. We use the ly suffix when we want to say something. Uh, is like a noun, as in squirrel becomes squirrely, meaning squirrel-like. Um, we also use L-Y to describe a verb, as in lovely. So I'm looking up the definitions of love, and they talk about affection towards another person or sexual desire. And in some ways, our language could benefit from more words to describe love, because there's many different facets of it, many different ways that it shows up. In other ways, there only really needs to be one, because it's all the same indescribable thing. To me, it means the creative, pure essence of everything. That's what's left over when you take all the garbage and distractions away. So when I say someone or something is lovely, I mean that they are like love. Isn't that a great word? It's the most fantastic compliment. You are like love. Oh, my God. (laughs) Have you heard um, someone say that they have had a near-death experience? I haven't had one, but I hear that um, they say the experience is really profoundly peaceful and it feels like love and they don't want to leave it. And that's what I'm talking about. Something too big that it defies words. That's you. That's me. That's everyone. We're lovely. And once you get away from all the personality stuff, what the outside looks like, past the politics, and all those things that we call me, love is what's left. Me, Me meaning not just me, but you, everybody, you know, each person, each being. Love is what's left. It's our core. And if we want to live from that core and be true to our natural selves, we have to unlearn all the garbage that society has taught us, and we have to cultivate a love garden. So how do you cultivate a love garden? Well, gardens begin with soil, right? And soil is the earth's skin. It's alive with organisms that help things flourish, Life needs air, so there's aerating organisms like worms. It needs nutrients, so it needs decomposers. And decomposers need dead things to break down into nutrients. So if we aren't letting things die, we don't have a basis for soil. And Westerners aren't good at letting things die. We want to accumulate and never lose anything or anyone. We want to stay the same in this perpetual state of safety. 
So if you're never letting anything go to chaos and you're never letting anything die, you're not going to have rich soil for love to grow. If you're not breathing and creating space for things to grow, to flow, you can't have love. Things like jealousy and possession and control make it so you can't breathe. So practice sovereignty. Give your partner sovereignty. You need healthy seeds. Damaged seeds can't produce healthy plants. Then those seeds need cultivating and nurturing. And when you've done all that, you can reap the harvest. Of course, everything dies, rests, and then we do it all over again. You know, nothing can stay. So that's it in a nutshell. Does that sound like something you've heard of? I hope so, <laughs> because that's the wheel of life. So another way of saying that is we need to live naturally with seasons. Grow when it's time to grow, blossom, decline, let go, die, rest, and let ourselves be reborn. So what is this soil? Um, soil is earth. The earth element is you. It's your body. You know, I said in every show I, I give gratitude to the earth. That's the earth element. That's that's the physical stuff. Um, so cultivate a healthy body. You know, how many of us eat junk? How many of us don't move our bodies at all? How many don't practice good hygiene? You know, um, I know we all have people who brag about how little sleep they get, how many they need. Oh, I, I can get by on four hours of sleep. Like they're robots. They're superhuman. Let me tell you, folks, we all have variations between people, but nobody has evolved to not need sleep. If you don't have a healthy body, you can't have a healthy life. So it might seem like it's really unconnected to being able to flow in, in the love that you are. It's all connected. Think about what you feel like when you're sick. Don't you just want to lay around and moan and be in the dark and not see anybody? Does that feel very lovely? <laughs> it doesn't, does it? No, you can't exude love very easily if you're not well. So take care of your body. So what are the nutrients for love? Well, it could be healthy food, but I'm thinking more like healthy habits, like breathing, getting out in nature, being in good company, laughing a lot, smiling, and doing what makes your soul sing. One of the things that I love most is sacred travel. And when I'm in places of big sky, waterfalls, ocean, and the energy is so charged with spirit, I'm renewed. For you, it could be something else. But when we do what we love, we open our heart space, and it's like we breathe in love and exhale love all around us. It definitely feels that way when I'm on tour. And that nourishes our heart so that the love chain keeps going. It spreads out, and it gets bigger. It's like a big energy field, and it affects people. It affects you, and it just keeps on going. It says love is a force that expands as you give it away. And I'm going to say that again because it's such an important idea. Love is a force that multiplies when you give it away. So what's the best way to get more love? It's by giving it away. You might say, well, I love people all the time, but they just use me up until I'm burnt out. So then I might say two things. First, we aren't reared with the value of reciprocity. So it's true that some people don't give anything back. And all of nature lives with reciprocity. The dung beetle eats the waste products of creatures and returns those nutrients to the soil so that the pumpkin seed uses it to grow. Then an animal comes along, eats the pumpkin, and the life cycle goes on. Man's the only creature who will use something up and not return its value so that it can keep cycling around. So I would suggest you not do that. <laughs> but even though that is true, love is not a finite resource. So this actually doesn't apply. 
if you're um, feeling used because your people don't give anything back in return, I'm guessing you're going, you're giving to give. Or, so try giving to give. Or give because you just feel like beaming your love beacon. It doesn't have to be a thing that you give. Just give of yourself. Your love light doesn't cost you anything to give your love light. And we always have enough of that. So I know that to some of you, I'm speaking Chinese right now to non-Chinese speakers. <laughs> this is something I think you can understand best from where I'm standing on this side of the love experience. What I mean is that until you've actually done it, you can't really fathom it. Um, so I'm kind of asking you to take my word for it, but let me give you a for instance. So most of us love someone within a romantic uh, relationship who loves us back, right? And we want to be with that person. We probably have hopes of a future with that person. But what if you just love someone because they were lovely without wanting anything necessarily? If it came along, okay, but you were just content to let the love light shine when you thought of them. Would that be a different experience? What if you then let that love light shine even if they rejected you or if they were mean to you? It's kind of a way of saying, I let my love light shine because of you, in your presence, even when you're not around. Then we can just do it because we want to, or maybe because it's who we are. It's not an expectation that you do this. We're all on the wheel and things will happen, you know, when you forget that and you have to start all over again. But the more you do it, the deeper you can do it, and the longer you can do it, the more that you're in this space of love all the time. And when you shine like that, you inspire others to shine like that. So when you do get into a space when life's not all sweetness and light, someone else's light can bring you back. Or maybe you just don't lose touch with the light inside of you, even though there's maybe darkness around you. See what I'm saying? So lots of people say, oh, I wish I were in love. And all you have to do, really, is let yourself shine. It's not something that happens to you. It doesn't depend on some particular person to cross your path, although that's generally the catalyst for us turning on our own light. You can do it right now. If you need some help, go outside. Look at how the moon does it. Watch how your dog or your cat does it. Or try this. Go stand beneath a tree. Put your hand out just below the leaves on a branch and beam some love towards the leaves and see what happens. Don't ask me how. Just do it mentally and you will see the tree respond. If you're paying attention, if you're sensitive enough. So love is a force. And to cultivate a love garden, you have to be a healthy person. As this makes it tremendously easier. And you have to not let your pain, your expectations, or lust, or judgments get in the way. A couple of things to remember. Love's not a bargaining chip. So being loving or lovely doesn't mean that you'll get something back. You will. The more love you give away, the more that comes back to you. But maybe not because others give it to you, but because your love garden is healthier and produces more. So you produce your own love. If you want to be lovely to get more love, you might end up disappointed. Everybody knows when they're being manipulated and they're going to shrink from that. It's just, you know, think of how you feel when that happens. Another thing is love doesn't entitle me to appease you. So it's not about possession, and it doesn't give me the right to tell you who to be, what to do, how to think, how to spend your money or your time. Love is open-handed. We don't see animals or plants saying, you owe me. 
The feeling you get when watching the sunrise doesn't cost anything. The sun doesn't do it to make you happy. It does because it must. And you're just the benefactor. So do you see how that switches when you change perspective? So let me bring this back to animism. Sovereignty, connection, and oneness is the pan-society path through animism, okay? And if you practice sovereignty with love as a foundation, can you see how that's going to impact your choices when deciding how to be yourself and live your life? If you connect with others from love, don't you think that's going to be more respectful, meaningful, and generate a greater sense of belonging? And when you're in that space of love, isn't that already a place of oneness? Nobody is in love with themselves. It's with everything. <laughs> or let me speak from my own experience. I've never been in that ecstatic, meditative nature bubble of love by myself. All the elements are there. The sky is there. The past, present, and future is there. Everything's there. So there's nothing that's not there. I mean, there might be a person at the center of it or a person that inspires it, but everything is there. The, I'm not feeling very separated from anything. So maybe you can make that your morning meditation. I stand on my back porch in the morning at sunrise and breathe while I'm listening to the birds sing. They're just singing because they want to. And that's a great cue to do the same, to breathe in love, connect with the morning, the sky, the grass, to everything that is breathing with me. You know what I mean? Just breathe in that love. I don't know. There's a million ways to do it, um, but we do have to do it. It won't just happen to you. Well, it might, but it probably won't stay around if you don't cultivate it. Our human programming and social pro programming just make it too hard. And we have too many things vying for our attention that take us away from love. If we don't cultivate it, we can forget that it's inside. So smile daily, a lot, at <laughs> everyone. They're going to think you're insane, but smile anyway. <laughs> Speak with love in your voice. How many times have you heard, it's not what you say, it's how you say it? And I know I'm not the most eloquent speaker at all. Um, I'm not even the most lovely speaker. <laughs> but I think I tend to speak with sincerity and care, and that comes through. At least I hope so. So take time to notice the love that's all around you in the way that the trees sway in the breeze, the flowers outside your window, the bugs walking in the grass, the mouse that's hiding in your walls. Hopefully they're not in your walls. But they're all living in love right now. So join them. And think about this as a love garden. What are you growing? What did you do to nurture that garden? What did you do to kill it? You know, what's attacking it? Pay attention to your actions. Practice being loving for no reason. For me, that's the biggest way to cultivate love is, you know, give it away to random people for no reason at all. And if you want to deepen your practice of animism and want a mentor, check out pansociety.org. Um, still... A work in progress, but it is up there. And of course, if you have a question or two now and then, it's free to ask us. You can post questions on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the podcast, or email me at laura at pansociety.net. So sending thanks and gratitude to the elements, our loving and helpful ancestors for being here. I thank all of you for joining us for this edition of Modern Animism Radio. And please consider donating as we do need your financial and emotional support. You can do that on our website at pansociety.net. Thanks for tuning in. This is Laura Giles for Pan Society. See you next week. Ciao.